Welcome to the Inspired by Jacqueline podcast, a refreshing place for women struggling with entrepreneurship, faith, or infertility. Stay tuned for today's episode. back to Inspire by Jacqueline podcast. Every single time I know I say it, that it's like one of my favorite special guests, but I'm sorry. I like everyone. I love everyone. And the conversations are just going to be awesome. So I hope you're ready. Let me give you a little bio. As you know, the rest of the bio will be in the show notes. I want to just share something that is important so that you can understand where she's going to come from. And then I will let her elaborate on a few things. So Sharissa Sawyer is a mental health advocate, and she's an advocate for events and entertainment professionals. She is an event producer, and she received a master's degree in social work and a certification in nonprofit management services from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and received a certification in event planning from Atlanta, Georgia. One of the most important things that I wanted to share is that Sharissa has an extensive experience in therapeutic communications, life coaching, and success in developing functional systems that support individuals and groups who face mental health challenges. Sharissa uses effective communications teamwork, and concepts to address how mental health, business wellness, and relationships impact vulnerable individuals that are a part of, wait for it, high-stressed professions and groups. So if you're in the event industry, you know what that means. Ms. Sharissa, welcome. And if you want to elaborate a little bit of your bio, please share. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jacqueline, for having me. I Truly appreciate and, and thank you for this honor of being here on your show today. And so much in that bio there, so much in that bio, but definitely, like you said, um, absolutely love working with people in the mental health uh, um, uh, industry in, in this particular field. I think it's something that we don't talk enough about. And if we want to thank the pandemic for anything, we would let's thank them, thank the pandemic for bringing this conversation to the forefront. I think um, we have not talked about it as much as we do now. And I'm grateful for that because it's definitely something that we definitely should be talking about. Mental health in itself is impacting mental illnesses. It's impacting so many people across the, uh, just across the wave, right? And so thank you so much for allowing us to have this conversation on your platform. Yeah, no, I'm really excited, especially, I know mental health is a 365 day thing that you have to have on your mind, but this is Mental Health Awareness Month. Can you share a little bit about, you know, what that means? You know, Mental Health Awareness Month, I think what it means is that it's a time for people to wake up. You know, it's a, hey, this is what's going on in this world. It's a month where we can talk more freely about it. Um, That doesn't say that you should not talk about mental health and self-care and wellness and fitness and all of these different things every day of the year, but it allows people the opportunity to learn more, to find out even more resources because a spotlight is on this particular cause. 
Um, and like I said, the pandemic has made it where we could talk about it every month. But if you remember in the past, this is the month that we've been talking about it the most, right? And so I think is a month that's great to just bring that awareness and give people that comfort to reach out. And if they can't reach out, there's something out there they can tap into. And so with so much conversation right now on social media, for example, about mental um, awareness and mental wellness, that I think is so important that this month is here for us to, to tap into those resources. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So before we start, how do you start your mornings? Ah, very good question. You know, my morning times um, really start off with once I wake up, I drink my water. I learned I have to hydrate myself. That was one of the first things that I do in the morning times. I say my affirmations. So if I could turn my Mm -hmm. camera around, I know people don't see it, but one of the things is that I I speak affirmations. So that positive self-talk is something I do every single morning for myself. And then I I stretch and I uh, I meditate with my affirmations. And of course, I have to say a prayer. Um, And that Mm -hmm. prayer is really just to get me started about the day because we don't know what the day is going to have for us, right? So we have to prepare ourselves mentally for the day. So that's kind of how I start my day off. I I start mine off with coffee. (laughs) Before I get, because I'm in the second level. So before I come down from my coffee, I do start with just before I get out of bed, my affirmations, my Mm -hmm. prayers, my meditation, deep of of just fresh air that I have mm-hmm. this opportunity to breathe again and do something mm-hmm. special today. So, you know, Lord, wherever you're going to lead me, that's where I'm going to head. And then yeah. getting up and just putting some music on. So by the time I get my coffee, it's like I'm ready for that coffee to kick and start. <laughs> you get that coffee, you're like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go, <laughs> let's get this started. So thank you for sharing that. But let's get to mental health discussion. Right. So what is Mm -hmm. the difference? Because I hear this a lot. What is the difference between mental health and mental illness? Is there a difference? Yeah, it's definitely a difference. It's definitely not the same thing. You know, mental health really is based off your emotions. It's how you reflect on your your psychological, your your emotions, your social well-being is it's those things is how you feel. Right. Your mental illness is a condition. So when you hear about mental illness, you hear them talking about the condition that one may have been diagnosed with such as bipolar, right? You know, so that might be the illness that they have been diagnosed with is how people are thinking, how the mood, the behavior, things like that, that have to be um, supported with various treatment, right? Mm -hmm. But your mental health is more so of your emotional well-being, your social well-being, and what are you doing to support that piece of it, your emotional well-being? So there's a difference between the two. Okay. While we're on that, what are three to four top like mental health concerns or illnesses that you have seen most Mm -hmm. in the event profession? You know, in the event profession, what I've seen most is, you know, generally is the generalized anxiety disorders. So you see a lot of the anxiety disorders, um, a lot of PTSD coming from various traumas that may have come from something that they've done, uh, they've dealt with in their past, and it may be coming up now. Um, Substance abuse is something Mm -hmm. that we're starting to see more of, especially in 
you know, this is an area that I don't really do work a lot with, but I'm seeing in the mental health, I mean, I'm sorry, in the event profession that our caterers, our bartenders, a lot of our individuals are dealing with some substance and alcohol abuse um, concerns and issues. And the same thing with food addiction, food addictions. So, you know, people who are dealing with um, bulimia and anorexia and, and various disorders when it relates to that. So these are some of the things that we that we are seeing in the events and entertainment industry. But the mass majority of what I'm seeing is that generalized anxiety disorder that if not treated properly can totally lead to some of these other illnesses or conditions, if you will, that we just mentioned just now. Wow. It's so crazy how, you know, you we're so surrounded. I, I also want to mention that you're an event producer, right? So you, mm-hmm. you know, you're coming from two different backgrounds of knowing, you know, the the clinical and medical piece to it, but also the the event producer side as far as what we go through. So, you know, right. having you here is really extra special for me because, and I mentioned you in several other podcasts because more awareness needs to be shared throughout our event industry, I feel, especially because there are people that are either suffering in silence because this event profession is so fast paced and so Mm. much that we are doing that we don't take a step back to really take a deep breath and see what's going on around us and how Mm -hmm. it's impacting our health. So yeah, yeah, so I'm really glad that you've been sharing this. Yeah, that, that, that is one of the reasons why you know, I wanted to start event therapy anyway, because I am a producer, event producer, I'm behind the scenes. I feel the emotions oftentimes that others are feeling as well, right? But I also am trained to to work through various issues. So I have to make sure that I'm utilizing the, the skills that I have to better manage my own emotions. So if I'm dealing with it and I've I've, I've worked through it, then I only can ma- imagine some of my colleagues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what they are, are trying to fight through, such as, you know, I want to maintain the joy, the passion in, as an event planner, for example. I want to maintain that because this is a fast paced industry, like you said, it is also high stress. Um, there's a lot going on all the time and we're dealing with people, you know, their own emotions, right? We're dealing with this stuff every day. Then we find ourselves sometimes losing the joy and the passion if we don't know how to manage our own emotions. And so what I wanted to do is help people to do that. Exactly. And I thank you. I want to intersect there and really share now how the second part of us connecting. When I found out about Event Therapy Magazine and your network and had an opportunity to speak with you, I was really, I was looking already for a platform to share my story and what I went through when I first started in the event industry as well. And it was, I don't want to tell my age, but it was 30 years ago. (laughs) So I, you know, went through a really hard journey that even with me being an event planner, it impacted me in in a way where I was diagnosed with infertility and I am an event planner planning baby showers. And that was really an impact that I had to sort of deal with. And I just thank my faith and my beliefs in bringing me out of that darkness that I was in because it was really heavy. And the more baby showers, it's really crazy because now I don't do that many baby showers, but I had a lot of baby showers and I'm like, 
you know what? It's like, okay, there was a reason for all of this and I got through it, but it was a lot. And, you know, and I was new to the industry, but I knew that this was my passion. So I wish I had this network when I was starting out. So that's why, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, if I need to share it as much as I can, I will. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So how (laughs) difficult... From your experience, do you think it is for type A professionals, event professionals, to admit that they need help? It could definitely be challenging for all of us, right? So, you know, especially those type A, like you said, event producers who are their leaders, they think they're they're getting everything done themselves and they're not asking for help. And they're, you know, it's, it's, I can do it. I can do it. It's very challenging. And so how, how difficult? Very difficult for them to do so. However, I always encourage all of us, and I'm raising my hand too, you know, to allow ourselves to um, drop our shoulders down a bit mm. because as we are, are, as we're pushing and we're trying to get everything done in our own, what we, what we find out later on in our career is that all of those bricks that we're laying down on our shoulders become heavier to mm. a point where, you know, it's no longer on our shoulders, is on top of our heads. And so yeah. that weight is too heavy. It's too heavy. And so it's very challenging for us type A, you know, folks to admit it. But once we do admit that support is is needed for us to grow as human beings first and and then as professionals, then we'll see how much glory we feel in it um, once we receive that support. Yeah. And I and I definitely raise my hand for that because as much as as I want to admit I'm not type A, I am. (laughs) But you know, it's just the the nature of of who we are and and our role but Mm -hmm. it's it's really interesting for me i would say how i've had to learn how to take a step back how to Mm -hmm. just surrender just evaluate you know Mm -hmm. and really think of me first and then so i can serve whoever it is better because if not then Mm -hmm. i'm not giving them the best of me right the best services the best quality the best professionalism and i always ask people jacqueline to to think a little bit deeper from the you know how am i celebrating myself Mm. you know because sometimes people say hey you know i need to show up for myself so i can be there for someone else but really they're just trying to get themselves 30 enough just to show up for somebody else and not still really showing up for yourself so we have to think a little bit more deeper into what is celebrating myself what is taking care of myself what is what are these things like for real um Mm. because sometimes we measure what we do for ourselves with someone else like what we do for others and really we got to think about what are you truly doing for you like what are you truly doing for yourself especially in an industry like this where that is our job is to show up for other people make them smile entertain them make sure that they can smell beautiful florals that is our job is to make other people excited make other people happy and then receive a um, testimonial from them, you know, mm-hmm. that makes you feel good. And so we sometimes we, I just feel like we have to think a little bit more about how are we showing up for ourselves. Mm, that is so true. One of my clients gave me like a book holder, celebrate you today and every day every day and be okay with it i think that's yeah. what we mess up too as event professionals like be okay with celebrating you and tooting your own horn mm. you know and make sure that you have somebody in your corner that's that reminds you that right because mm-hmm. sometimes 
And just for me being transparent, even as someone that's in mental health, I am still in the event industry. My, one of my colleagues that works with me, she'll say, you know, Teresa, you are that, mm. you know, you, you, you got it. You know, she'll remind me if I, if I question or even doubt something mm. that I might do right or, or something I've done well, she reminds me like, there's no doubt in that you did that. You're mm. great. You know, and I want you to say it like, so you have to, I believe, have natural supports around you as an event professional regardless of where you stand in the event profession, have natural supports in, around you who are going to help you toot your horn. Sometimes mm. even help teach you how to do it because sometimes we can get so uh, complacent with making other people feel good yeah. that we forget to continue to make ourselves feel good about what we are doing. That's very true. Very true. So you manage a whole lot of platforms. We were talking about you're an event <laughs> producer and you're the owner and founder of Event Therapy, Event Therapy Network, and a list mm -hmm. of different things, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you manage all of that? I know you just shared a little tidbit of, you know, having a support and <laughs> letting them remind you, but anything else that you can share on how you manage that and how you manage your mental wellness with mm -hmm. all of what you do? So not only having them to remind me, but also having them to do things, mm. <laughs> like delegate these tasks. And that was, as a type A, that was one of the hardest things that I could do in the beginning is, I think I, I went live once and I talked about this, how I would delegate a task and then do the task. That doesn't, that doesn't help my mental health, my wellness. It doesn't keep, it doesn't take the stress off of me because I just did it anyway. So I had to learn that when I delegate a task that I trust these people to work with me. So I need to trust these people to actually execute. And that comes with being open with communication. So the way that I'm able to manage some of the the things that I do is I delegate the task over. I stop doing the task that I'm delegating, you know, to them. And they we have an open communication policy for the most part. If they see that I'm taking over, that they will redirect me respectfully, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And I had to be okay with that because I know that I'm that type of person. And if I keep doing that, then I will become so overwhelmed that none of the things that I'm doing will bring me any joy at all mm. because I'm just working in it, you know? And so that's how I keep things under control. And then also I listen to my body more so now than ever. When mm. I feel as though Teresa needs to stop, Teresa has learned that she needs to stop. And I sometimes have to have other people who will tell me like, you are at that point where you need to slow it down. You know, again, those natural supports. Um, so I can't be on social media all the time, even though I'm on, it looks like I'm on there all the time, but I have a social media manager mm -hmm. that helps me to run my social media. I had to sacrifice and I had to put dollars into what I wanted to do if I think I'm going to do all these different things, you know, and let go a bit. So that's how I manage as much as I can. And then I try to be real with myself. You know, again, mm -hmm. what I can't do, I can't do. And just, I, you mm -hmm. just cannot do right now. <laughs> be real yeah. with you. And that's how I also manage my mental wellness. Um, awesome. And it can be challenging. Even for me, it can be challenging. But like you asked about my morning routine, I start mm -hmm. out like that. I also have a midday routine, especially when I'm under the clouds with trying to get an event taken care of. I have mm -hmm. to stop in the middle of the day. I had to. Recently, I went live and I talked about having a recovery day. You know, I try to make sure that in my 
schedule one, if nothing else is designated on my schedule, I designate myself time for me. You know, I try to do the best that I can with that. Even when I'm under it all, I try to do the best that I can for that. My meditation is so important. I have a stress ball. Baby, I use that stress ball all the time. Okay. <laughs> I use my stress oh. ball. I definitely do. Like these are the things that work for me to keep me as under control as possible. And then I try again, the last thing is like being real with myself in a sense of though you are in a a mental health professional, you are still human. So you're still going to feel. So don't take away the fact that all the things that I just told you may Mm. not work for me every single time because I'm human. It's not. So that's just being real with me. I had this similar conversation uh, with someone and they said, if you don't listen to your body, your body's going to let you know mm-hmm. and it's going to stop. So mm-hmm. if you don't stop and listen to your body and watch for the signs, it's going to let you know whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. everything of what you shared is so important is just to listen and watch and to create these delegations, to create these schedules that will help us, especially like the recovery. Recovery, that's like all set in stone for me. It's like I turn off everything. The phone is silent because I know that my partner, if someone's trying to contact me, they'll contact him. Mm-hmm. So if it's an emergency, like I'll still know. But still in that, I know I need it because if right. not, then my body's just going to shut down. Yeah. So and the other piece, Jackie, is to know your triggers, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's something I think that we don't talk enough about. And another reason why I think it's so important for this um, this conversation is because only you know what triggers you. And if mm-hmm. you don't know, begin to start doing research on you, right? On yourself. What triggers anger? What triggers sadness? Mm-hmm. What triggers, you know, these type of emotional disturbances? What are the things for you? And then what are the things that help you to recover from those things or to feel better? Right. Mm-hmm. I know this is a funny thing, but it's a real thing. And everybody's like, Teresa, really? But like an event day, <laughs> what would trigger me is wrinkled linen. That is the most weirdest <laughs> thing for people like, like it's, but it does trigger, it triggers something in me. Like what? Like, especially at hotels, like, come on, like, what are we doing here? So that it's was like, trigger. So that was, you know, that's something funny, but that does trigger me. And I know what will help calm me down outside of getting the wrinkles out. You know, I'm one of those people that I have to step, I have to step aside. When I feel myself Mm -hmm. becoming upset or becoming whatever, I have to step aside. I also like to fold clothes when I'm upset. It's that kind of Mm -hmm. like a repetitive thing that I do. So I've learned that certain things trigger certain emotions in me. And I think that that's one of the things that we have to start getting to know when we say getting to know ourselves being there for ourselves a part of that is getting to know what triggers you and then what supports you those are the two big things yeah so true and i'll add to what you share to really bring it from my perspective i learned that disrespect in the work that we do i see your eyes (laughs) yes do i say more (laughs) disrespect I am the most patient person, even during event production, Mm -hmm. the most patient and the best person you would like on your team, because I am calm and collective through all of it, Mm -hmm. but disrespect and a lack of teamwork, Mm -hmm. my solution for that. Okay. Let's switch it up. Mm -hmm. I'll take that event professional and you take care of something else. And that's been working. Mm -hmm. 
And then you lose joy and you lose passion yeah. of what you're doing because you're so focused on that negative piece, right? And so the big thing is what you just said. The solution of it is to do this. That is, that is to, we're problem solvers, right? As event producers, planners, wedding planners, one of your big jobs is to solve, is to solve problems, right? And to do it with grace, to just get it taken care of. And so to right. do that for yourself is to, hey, when somebody is disrespectful, this is the solution to that problem. Mm -hmm. And so you already know, you know yourself enough to know that you cannot take this. Therefore, this is what needs to happen. Right. And that helps us with our mental wellness, right? It's yes. to by, by, by understanding who we are and what we can take and what we cannot take being real yep. with ourselves so true so a fun fact what do you do to take a break do you go on vacation what do you like to do i do love going on vacation i love the water the water is like mm. the most peaceful place for me um i don't like to swim i just like to be by the water like yeah, i just want to <laughs> but i feel the same way yeah. yeah that's that's my thing is to go go that type of vacation anywhere that there's water where i can be you know sit on the sand and look at the clouds and just determine what animal is that like these are the things that helps me to escape awesome. and if that's that's what i do i like those type of vacations i definitely agree i love the sound of the water that brings me such an energy of peace that it's yeah and, and i'm afraid of the ocean but i will go by it but not go in it <laughs> and it, it brings me a peace going into it <laughs> brings me terror and, and the water <laughs> Hearing it brings me peace. So knowing your boundaries there. <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> so what are three things that help you relax? So um, a side of water, <laughs> you know, um, helps me to relax. What helps me to relax mostly, I think, is, you know, I love my nieces and my nephew, right? And so honestly, sometimes when I'm really upset, I will, it's crazy, I will call these little kids and just literally just have fun with them. That helps me to calm down. Like That's my awesome. nephew is 10 and my nieces are two. So, mm. you know, we can only imagine the kind of fun calls that we have, right? With these <laughs> children. And then my other nieces um, is, is six years old. So they really do help me to calm down because I, I don't, I live in Atlanta and they live in North Carolina. And so that mm. helps me to relax. It helps me to calm down when I'm away. Now, when I'm with them, it's a little different story because they just auntie, auntie, auntie. <laughs> But when I'm away from them, it's different. But I think that and then also, again, just sitting back and like watching TV, something that has nothing to do with events. That helps me to relax when I'm not thinking about events and I'm just chilling, just being Teresa, hanging out with music, watching television. I just finished with Queen Charlotte, you know, just doing something like that. Those things help me to relax. And then I, I would say like the last thing is like my meditation, my mm -hmm. morning time, I do my meditations and the evening time I do meditations and my deep breathing. I do it with my meditation and affirmation and deep breathing. I've, I've come up with a way that those three things together help me to relax the most. Mm -hmm. And so they really putting those three things together really removes a lot of the stress from me. Those bricks on that, I was talking about earlier, the bricks that fall on your shoulders, yep. it really helps me to remove those things from me. 
Wow. So what are three tips that you would share with our listeners on how they can, other than what you've shared, anything else that they can check off checklists? Is there anything, an app or somewhere that they Mm -hmm. should look into? Yeah. So, you know, I always kind of go away from like, hey, go to this, create a checklist because some checklists can be intimidating for people. Mm -hmm. But what I will say is, you know, there's a couple self-care strategies that you can use. I have a book that's called, not my book, but it's another book called Note to Self that Mm -hmm. I do use. And I would encourage others to find find this book. I I forget, I'm, I'm looking around to see if I have it right here. Actually, I do. Hold on just a second. It's called Notes to Self. And it's a journal of self-care and it has various activities in there. So one of the things I would encourage you to do, even if it's not this one to find an activity book, that activity book may color in it, right? Because that's another big thing that helps us to relax, to, to calm down. But, you know, that it allows you to write down like some of your standards, write down your triggers, like you said before. Mm -hmm. These activities allow us to get to know ourselves better, but also find ways to better manage our use. Um, So that's one of the things I would encourage is to find an activity book that has activities in there, such as coloring, such as word search, like our magazine, we have coloring pages in it, things like that, because those things, it it helps you just kind of chill out for a moment. Awesome. So what does self-care mean to you? And how, if anything, does it differ from mental wellness? So what self-care means to me, it means self It means self-love. It means um, taking time to experience you. It means allowing yourself to be in control of of your time, putting yourself first. That's what self-care means Mm -hmm. to me. I think the big word of it is the love part. To care for yourself is to also love yourself. And so that's what it means to me. The difference between self-care and mental wellness is not so much of a big difference, I don't think, because mm-hmm. your wellness, your mental wellness is, again, paying attention, taking care of yourself, letting everything that's going on around you to be secondary to what's going on within you. And mm-hmm. they work they work hand in hand. It's to me, whatever I'm going to do or talk about that's about mental wellness is going to be the same that I talk about for self-care, self-love, awesome. because they, it, it works the same for me. Okay. Now, here's a big one. How Uh-oh. does social media impact yeah. entrepreneurs' mental wellness? Oh, we, in so many ways. <laughs> you know what? You know, social media... It's kind of like when people ask me, do you like Atlanta or do you or what do you like most about Atlanta? What's the relationship? And I say, well, I have a love hate relationship with Atlanta. Mm. You know, I love the hustle of Atlanta, but I don't like the hustle of Atlanta. <laughs> you know, so that's social media. We love social media because it allows us to get to know each other. Right. I get to know you. I get to watch your platform. I get to support you. All of these great things. I'm learning so much from you and so many others. Social media allows that. But also social ma- media allows us to burn out really quickly because we're so focused on what other people are are doing that we are our mind is going in like double time we're, mm. we're we're doubting ourselves because we may have seen somebody else do something the exact same that you think that you want to do but they do it differently and but mm. we think they're doing it better right or it seems as though right. they're getting there faster than you we begin to you know really compare ourselves and that becomes um very mentally draining for us um and then we let go of our boundaries when it comes to social media as well which again when you begin to disconnect your 
yourself from your boundaries and you're focusing on what social media is telling you to do or not to do or how you should do, then you, you become very overwhelmed and frustrated and all types of things. And that's when we talk about stress and anxiety begin to mm. come along. And so social media, again, is a great tool for all of us to use. Right. But it's also, if not used with caution and with safety, mental safety, it can also lead to, you know, depression. It can lead uh, um, lead to anxiety. It can lead to so many other things if we're not careful and if we're not utilizing it a safe way. So pretty much it's similar to our jobs being stressful and us mm -hmm. not listening to when we need to slow it down and similar mm -hmm. to if we're not listening or have the opportunity to see that we need to pay more attention to our bodies and we're not listening to it. So all of that is all about boundaries and really being careful because any of those triggers and any of those things can set you back a lot. It could for sure. That yeah. those things can definitely set you back a lot. And especially if you're um, new to the industry, for example, and you're trying to figure it out. And I think most of us, even if we've been in the industry for a while, we're always trying to figure something out. You know, it's, exactly. things are, we're constantly learning, right? And so we just have to be very mindful that social media is social media. It can be educational if you're, if you, if you yeah. pay attention to the right ones. But yeah, it's, it's managing and setting those boundaries. So now here's a, another fun one. What superpower, if you can have, would it be? I want to fly. So tell me why you want to fly. I would love to fly because one, you get a chance to just visit and see so much of the world so fast, right? But we live in a world now that's, I call it microwavable world, where we get everything in an instant. If I'm able to fly, I can get there quickly, right? And I can see, I can see what's going on around me in one, just, just like that, just look down and just kind of see the world from a different view. And so um, as much as I don't like to fly in planes, I still wish my superpower was to fly. So I have a fear of height. Um, yeah. I don't like to hike or anything mm -hmm. like that. I'm terrified. But I once I get to a certain level and I experience something like nature and like I have a fascination with trees and a love for trees and the transformation of trees. So from a higher or a different side, you're able to see and experience it differently. So for me, it would be a superpower of, of not having a fear of heights so that I can get to different levels and yeah. experience it better. Do you remember sure. Inspector Gadget? Yeah. So I, one of the things my team, they hear me say all the time, like, go, go, gadget this. Like, that's one of the things I wish I could do. Just go, go, gadget car. And the car <laughs> gets go, go, gadget, whatever. And it just comes me and I don't have to necessarily go do it. So that would be so cool. That would be so cool. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What is the biggest takeaway from today's chat that you hope our listeners take with them? I think the biggest takeaway is owning yourself and being real with yourself to know that you need support or to know that even if you don't feel that you need support, seek it anyway, right? Mm. Just seek that support anyway, meaning therapeutic support, you know, self-care, all those things are for us to better um, manage the emotions that we have, you know, regardless, we don't want to get to a place where we are not able to control our anxiety, for example, go ahead and know what your triggers are, go ahead and learn what coping strategies are helpful for you, so that you can know how to combat some things that may come about for you. 
And so, and that part of that is being real with you and taking care of you and putting yourself first, like you said early on in a conversation. Mm. Is there something that we haven't shared that or discussed that you want to share with the listeners? I think, you know, as an event professional, um, regardless of where you are in the profession, burnout is real. And so we want to make sure that we are paying attention to how much we are placing on ourselves. And no, it's, you, it's okay to say no. I think mm-hmm. as an event professional, because we want to either we want to make the money or we want to make people happy or whatever it may be, we end up taking on a lot of a lot of work and a lot of tasks. Uh, remember, one big task equals to at least four other tasks under that. So it's mm-hmm. easy for us to get burnout. And if we don't have the strategies to better reduce that um, burnout and and all of that, then that can definitely lead to other things. So I definitely want everybody to think about what we are accepting and what we are not saying no to, because we're saying no to something, either yourself or something else. Yes. And and I definitely agree on the no, because I learned about, I would say about 15 years ago on how to confidently say no and choose to say no to the things that we need to, right? Mm -hmm. And so I found it helpful because I was able to regain control of myself and readjust and eliminate that burnout because I was doing Mm -hmm. everything, you know, starting out in the industry, you know, I don't like to use the word hustle, but just for the context of now, I hustled. I wanted to learn everything I wanted to learn. I wanted to network. So I was going every single networking event possible. I was going to events. I was doing events. I was like in and out and I became president of one board and doing this. And oh my gosh. To this day, people are like, oh, what are you doing now? And I'm like, hardly nothing. And Mm -hmm. I just do 10 events a year now. Mm -hmm. And but what do you do with your time? I still do things, but it's now on my terms. And it's now where I've already gone and I don't need to prove anything, not that I was proving anything, but I wanted to see what my purpose was in the industry. Building relationships became a really important feature for me. It was key in my journey. And so the more I kept on doing that, I wanted more, but then I needed to control it because now I couldn't go. Why was I going to every single event? Like, why? 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 Now I go when I need to go or when I feel I can, or, you know, if there is a purpose for it, Um, Mm -hmm. I would love to go to all, but I can't, I have to choose me first and see what makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so I learned to say that word, no, and I can say it with my eyes closed and not feel bad about it because that's no and okay. It's okay. Yeah, it is okay. I had to learn that. Too. Like if you talk about how do you control your mental wellness when you got a lot going on by saying no and by saying telling yourself it's okay to say no, yeah. it's okay not to go. It's okay to put on my headscarf and watch a movie and not do it because I don't feel like it or because I just don't want to today. Exactly. You know, and it's okay for you to do that. Exactly. So sure. if you can share with me all of your platforms and <laughs> what you would like to share with them as to you know what you do on each. 
that would be great. Oh yeah, for sure. Thank you so much, Jacqueline, for having me. So, you know, um, my platforms are Event Therapy Network. So Event Therapy Network was created to address mental health in the events and entertainment industry. We host lounges, we host webinars. We do that for the fact for the purpose of supporting our industry as much as we can. Um, we also, of course, host lives where th- that you know, we try to provide as many resources as possible. We also have our magazine. Thank you, Jacqueline. Um, So Event Therapy Magazine, which was created during the pandemic for the purpose of getting more of this information out there to as many people as possible. And so that magazine comes out twice a year. um, And we're super grateful for how that is moving. And what else? Let's say I'm an event producer as well. So Jake said I do a lot of stuff. So <laughs> I'm an event producer. So and that's with SC Visionary Planet and Production Services. You can find us on Instagram at SC Visionary Services and Event Therapy at Event Therapy Network on social media. So that is Instagram, Facebook, and of course, LinkedIn. You can find us there. And I think those are my biggest platforms. I have a nonprofit too. Oh gosh, did you even mention that? So No. So, yeah, so I have a nonprofit. It's called Charge Up Campaign. The underlying of everything that I do, call myself the brown swan, everything that I do, it really comes to mental health. And so with Charge Up Campaign, we support cancer warriors and caregivers, and we do it by focusing in on the mental health side of it, of everything. What is it that we can do to support those who are going through um, cancer and or experience cancer through their loved ones? So, you know, that's pretty much who I am. I, I, I love what we do. I, I love the idea of um, supporting others. I love the work of it. And I do it even as an event producer. You know, we make people smile. And that's our goal. So that's awesome. me in a nutshell. Well, well, thank you so much. And I'll share all of that, all of your <laughs> uh, platforms on the show notes. And uh, but yeah, but thank you. Oh, my gosh, this was really great. I am so excited always to chat with you, always to connect with you, always yeah. to jump on your live to see what you have, whether it's live or a recap of it. But I always love to hear what you're sharing because it's so positive. Continue the amazing work that you're doing. It's important that you're setting a path and your journey ahead even though you're an event producer, that's kind of like a a push to give you that extra incentive to really show people, you know, the mental health awareness is really important. Creating this platform to give of your time to event professionals and entertainment professionals to bring awareness I give you all kudos and all hands down because it's so needed. One of the questions, and I'll end with that, one of the questions that I asked another special guest was, you know, do you see that the conversations on mental health is increasing? And I would love to hear what you're saying, but I know that pandemic had a lot to do. But even with the pandemic, do you still think that it's enough awareness. It, it's enough of a conversation. And are people listening? Yeah. I definitely don't think it's enough of a conversation. I think that people are talking about it more. One of the things that I have started talking about is it being a trendy topic where people are just talking yes. and that's it. And that's one of my, ugh, like, I want the conversation to keep going, of course, but I also don't want it to just be a hashtag, right? We're not looking for mental health to just be a hashtag because it's, it's um, trendy now. 
Um, we really want it to be a conversation that we can then go and figure out how do we support? How do we solve problems? How do we, you know, get people the support, the help that they need? How do we help them to understand what their triggers are? I do think that the conversation now is great, but it is, it's, I hate to call it general, but it, it is, you know? And so I think it's more conversation, real conversation that needs to be had and not just for a hashtag. Like that's my real thoughts about nope. it. Yeah. I do thank you for sharing that. And that's really what led me into like my platform, this platform, the three mm-hmm. pillars that I speak about started part of my journey. I have to stop being silent about it. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to bring awareness. And so that's why I started this platform. And I'm really, really excited that I did. I wanted it to be real. And I think too, Jacqueline, you're sharing and you're talking about real things too, you know, real situations. It's not just about whether you can get um, book the next five clients or whether, you know, people are going through real life, you know, other things like other personal things that may be impacting how you're moving about in the industry that's um, impacting your your next level, other things. And so I love that you are being open to the conversation and letting it, allowing it to extend past, again, how many bookings yes. or past social media and marketing, past those things, because those things are one thing, but people are also struggling and um, dealing with grief. You know, that and you asked me the question earlier about the, what I'm hearing most, and I said generalized anxiety disorder, but also grief. Mm-hmm. Grief is another big conversation that I'm having with um, individuals about not just grieving the death of someone, but also grieving the loss of jobs, the loss of um, relationships, the loss of, you know, them. they're getting older in the industry. Mm-hmm. So am, am I losing who I am as a professional in the events industry? So people are dealing with grief. And that's I forgot to say that that is one of the one of the major conversations that we're having um, with individuals who are contacting therapy for for support and coaching and and, um, consulting. And so I love what you're doing. Keep it up. Um, Keep going. Let me know anything that we can do to support help resources, any of that. And just keep the conversation going, because I I do believe that you're you're taking it. You're not doing it for the trend. You're doing it because you really want to support people. And and so that's commendable. Then, you know, I look forward to reconnecting and I can speak about this like I could continue speaking, but I want to give you back your time. But I, I do have, can I ask you one more question? Because I, I need yeah. to, to just ask this one. So I've been, one of my recent, and I would say recent, maybe the last two years, saying has been that, you know, what's important today may not have been important yesterday. It may not be important tomorrow. And basically I share that because with challenges, right? We're always going to go through challenges, keep our minds open that even though we've gone through one hurdle, that there are many other hurdles ahead of us. Do you feel in your opinion that that is true as far as, you know, challenges will always be around us is how we approach them and our mindsets or or can you share like just a few tips on how to approach challenges? So I will refrain from using the word challenge, right? Because mm-hmm. our, our life is an event, right? So, and I would say we're, we're, we're always facing some situation, right? Something mm-hmm. that's going to come up in our lives. And it's really about how we respond to that situation or how do we respond to whatever it is that come about in our lives, right? And so I, and the reason why I refrain from saying challenges, and I do my best to stop saying that as much for myself is because 
because when we hear the word challenge, we immediately go into defense. You know what I mean? Like, we, like I got to take care of, I got to take care of, I got to take care okay. of it. But we look at it from a different perspective because a lot of things about perspective, right? So we look mm-hmm. at it from a different perspective. There's a situation that we may face from time to time. Now, how am I going to respond to that situation, right? I've been triggered to deal with this, right? This emotional um, disturbance, if you will, meaning that um, my emotions are, I, I feel sad because this has come about. How would I respond? Would I allow my body to feel or will I run away from it? Mm. So my response for that and what I've learned for myself is to not run away from that emotion. Allow my body to feel it because mm. it's going it's going to feel. Don't run away. So that so it's all about the responding to the situations that we run into. And once we once we learn how to respond and we know that life is going to life, as the young people are saying right now, you know, mm-hmm. then I think it's, it's we're better able to uh, handle the emotions that come with the situation that we're facing. I like that. Thank you. I will definitely try to use situation now. And you're actually reconfirming something that my partner says when even if as an event professional, Never approach someone and say, oh, I have an issue. No, mm-hmm. there's a concern about something. And mm-hmm. so it's just changing the perspective, changing, you know, the the word, the the usage where our mind is, is not going to set a trigger, right? Mm-hmm. And shut down once we hear challenge versus situation. Mm-hmm. So it's becoming more passive than... Yeah. So thank you for that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But you know, they always say your mouth, you can manifest whatever it is that you want by using the tongue, your mouth, whatever you say, you can receive. So we have to be mindful of the words that we use and how we use those words. Because when we don't, whatever it is, it's going to come to pass at some point. So if we want to deal with a challenge, we're going to deal with a challenge. But if we if we're going to face a cha- if we're going to face a situation, then we're going to face a situation. But how are we going to respond to that? Again, challenge. I immediately go into defense mode. I'm, I'm trying. I'm squaring up. <laughs> right. You know. Thank you so much. I, oh my gosh, like I said, we can start talking like forever, but I would love, I can't wait to attend one of your lounges. And I think in in Puerto Rico, are you bringing the lounge? You know what? We're working on that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, either way, when I see you, I'm going to give you a big hug because I just, I just love you and I love your platform and I love your smile and I love all about you. Um, So keep on the amazing work and I look forward to seeing you in person. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for everything as well. Likewise. (laughs) I was very happy to have the opportunity to speak to Sharissa about some of the questions that I had regarding mental health. She was able to share her her expertise on it. I hope you're taking away some great tips that will help you or help someone that you feel needs this information. So please share this episode. Take care of yourself. Ensure that you're listening to your body and take care of your mental health. Thank you so much for joining this episode on mental health with Sharissa Sawyer. See you on the next episode of Inspired by Jacqueline. Take care.